Ben, you're working in the intersection of innovation and digital technology every single day. So you're perfectly positioned to share your insights on the top tech trends and digital shifts. What are you seeing? Yeah, um, always a very good question. Um, and I obviously, in my role, spend quite a lot of time looking at sort of your, your Gardner hype cycles and all that. I think one, one thing I've learned is that like everyone else, I'm very, very bad at predicting, um, you know, what, what's actually going to take off. And, uh, you know, it always makes me laugh sort of if you, if you look at um, the good old QR codes that I think, you know, were invented in the, in the mid 90s by Toyota. And for the last sort of 20 years, everyone always been saying it's finally, they're finally going to take off and connect digital and physical. And now it took a, took a pandemic to actually um, embed that user behavior. Um, so there, there are lots of things. Um, we see, you know, that are, I think where the technology has really caught up, uh, one of them being augmented reality, where, where we do think that um, it's really shifting from being, especially in consumers' minds, a quite g gimmicky um, experience that just adds that extra layer to some really interesting use cases, especially in areas like training, um, training and education. And uh, that even if, if you think in our perspective, how we you know, help not only consumers, but customers to create great drinks or, or understand the drinks experience that can play a really interesting role. And, and the more these the technology like AR matures, the less barriers you have, right? You can do, do that web-based web AR. Um, but I think there, there are lo lots of these technologies there where, where we often take the approach of, of just experimenting to see when they when they come of age, right? And uh, I think voice is a great example too, voice-based interfaces. Well, we know the good technologies that that stick around are the ones that solve a problem and that are really consumer friendly, right? And with something like voice, we've seen it take off in a lot of Asian countries a lot of earlier, where key put, uh, key so keyboard input is so much more complicated. So there was that extra incentive. So voice um, is a great intuitive interface. We've done some testing where we built, you know, skills for the home environment, um, where you could do, you know, create, ask your Alexa how you create a great cocktail in your kitchen, right? Made an awful lot of sense for us in that hands-free environment. The adaptation just wasn't there, right? And we didn't know, we didn't know, Amazon didn't know, how do you actually drive into a skill? How do you raise awareness? There was no purchase function at the other end of how you actually close the loop, right? So we were a bit early in that and we said, okay, it's just, the traction is just not here yet. But, but now recently we've reviewed that, right? So um, we take a couple of bets, very lean bets of exploring this. Um, I do think the, the, the big innovation areas we see as, as a lot of times tend to be a convergence of, of different technologies. And I think um, digital twins, for example, is, is a really fascinating space because essentially, you know, you, you obviously use those of big data, AI, a lot of things to do incredibly smart simulations. But if you if you look at some big challenges in areas like sustainability, I think that ability of, of running digital twins um, and sort of mirroring the physical world through digital um, is going to be a fascinating trend. Now, how quickly that's going to get, how sophisticated, I don't know, but that's one of those areas that really excites me. Making future tech predictions is not easy, as you said, given the speed of change. But this is exactly what you do and do so well. And I say well, because you wouldn't be where you are today if you couldn't predict, test and learn. But where do you go to stay ahead of the curve? So what are your sources of knowledge? 
Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I probably, I, I trust people who are a lot smarter than myself and a lot more tapped into the ecosystem. So we spend quite a lot of time to speaking to good VCs, to good accelerators, incubators, um, people who are really tapped into the, the startup ecosystem, uh, who know who are the great entrepreneurs, who have a great track record in the area, what are they betting on, where is the money flowing, right? And try to understand wh who's predicting what's happening there. I think that's quite a key, key um, part for us, as well as working closely with our partners. Um, so that could be anything from you know, our media agency to partners like Google or Amazon or Tesco or others and, and really share notes, collaborate and see what, what do you guys see happening in the market. Um, for us being a global organization and me being a global function, also understanding what is happening in different parts of the world. Um, increasingly, we look to China to see, and if you take things like um, shoppable commerce, for example, um, so live stream, uh, live stream shoppable experiences, others that in China have been happening for a while, right? We talked about some like QR code commerce, um, right, which is really embedded in certain parts in Asia. So even taking advantage of us having people on the ground, understanding what is shifting here, what do you see? and taking all these inputs and, and trying to make sense of it. So it's um, it's a big part of the job. And I think being in a corporate, um, especially important to not kind of sit in the ivory tower, but get out a lot and try to um, try to take up as much much input and inspiration from these different sources and take advantage of an of a startup ecosystem like like London. Get out of the ivory tower. I like that. It reminds me of what Scott Cohen said on an earlier podcast. Scott is the chief innovation officer at Warner Music, and he said that he never goes to the office to do business. And he also said to innovate in the music industry, he doesn't look at what's happening in the music industry. So how about you, Benny? Are there innovations in other industries that excite you and inspire you? We, we, there are some industries we, we traditionally look at, like um, cosmetics, um, you know, companies like L'Oreal who are doing a brilliant job at, at um, innovating in the consumer space, companies like Nike or others in fashion. Um, and, and I think obviously sometimes the nature of the product, but if you look at personalization and different discovery journeys of their products, how they're thinking about um, their direct-to-consumer propositions, right? How they really um, own that that um, experience and really think about their world a lot broader than just their core products. If you look at somebody like Nike, who who really sort of enables that lifestyle that comes with the brand through everything from connected apps and and personalized training modules to subscription models where you can get, you know, shoes for your kids and they, they will recommend the right size for different aging stages. So um, I think there are lots and lots of brilliant inspiration there, but to be honest, almost anywhere you look, right? I mean, we draw inspiration from everything from telcos to, to finance to um, agriculture. I mean, there's different uses of technology and, and um, how they evolve their enterprises. So we try to be really open-minded about that and, and um, you know, look, look at pretty much everything that's out there. Real stories curated with love for you. <laughs>